I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's election night. In total, there are 23 state primary races. And this is KSL News Radio's special coverage of early results. Decision 2022. With hosts Jeff Kaplan and Scott Simpson. Scott. KSL News Radio. What did you say before? This right now is Christmas morning for Paul Watchers? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, for those of us that geek out on this stuff, it's a big deal. And it starts with Senator Mike Lee holding the lead over Becky Edwards and Ali Isom. About 240,000 votes are in. And counted Senator Mike Lee with 58%, Becky Edwards 33%, Ali Isom with 8% of the vote. We have numbers, numbers, and more numbers. Where do you want to start? Uh, uh, well, the, the yeah, let's go to the congressional races. I think, well, actually, can we switch? You had talked about what, the one race that you were interested in was Utah County Attorney David Levitt. Oh, yes. And I don't know if this is a surprise or not, but David Levitt is getting handily trounced in this election race. Jeff Gray leading the incumbent Utah County Attorney, 72 to 25 percent. And that's with about 50,000 votes in. That's a significant chunk of the Utah County electorate. Yeah, that's I don't expect any change to that margin. That seems like an insurmountable margin. It seems like it, it might as well be over for David Levitt at this point with these numbers that have come in. So let's seg to the national races. Uh, House District 1, Congressman Blake Moore with 60% of the vote, holding a commanding lead. Chris Stewart with 67% of the vote in House District 2. Uh, in 3, John Curtis uh, over Chris Harrod, 72 to 27% of the vote. Burgess, Aaron, uh, Burgess Owens holding a smaller lead, the incumbent leading Jake Hunsaker, 60 to 40 percent at this point, and those are the national races to the moment. Yeah, and I, the only caveat that I would give to, the, to any of those races is in the first congressional district. I think we've got st- statistically significant numbers in most of those races, most of the counties reporting. But Rick, Ricky Hatchett up at Weber County, he told us that we were going to get one data dump tonight out of Weber County. We haven't seen it yet, and that's a, that's an a significant uh, set of numbers for the first district. So we haven't seen all the numbers, but we're seeing, you know, a a significant chunk of the votes tallied. Uh, Up in Weber County, he said that what they're dumping this evening will probably be about 80% of the total number of votes that will be counted uh, between now and the days ahead. Uh, The one close race, the the closest race we're seeing is in Salt Lake, Utah Senate District 9. Senator Derek Kitchen, this is on the Democratic side, holding a lead over Dr. Jennifer Plum of 2%, 51 to 49. There's only about 120 votes between them. Yeah, and, and you know, this is a race that I think a lot of people have been watching. It's a rematch from four years ago, and uh, it's interesting that there's that kind of discord in the Democratic Party. We don't see that very often. Uh, joining us live on the KSL Newsline is Utah's Democratic Party chair. Diane Lewis joins us. Thanks for coming on the air with us. You betcha. Thank you. This is an exciting night for everybody. So if it's exciting, tell us what race has you excited. I think the three, you know, it's, it's really like um, Scott said, it's three Senate races right 
up there on the east side and you know the the numbers that i'm seeing coming in is the kitchen and plum we kind of expected that to be real close the others i didn't expect them to be that far apart and they are yeah you've got uh gene davis in senate district 13 a longtime member of the legislature that appears Uh to be losing by a very wide margin probably not going to be able to overcome that deficit does that surprise you yeah, it does. It surprises me. What, is, what, is yeah. that, what does that mean? What what happened in that district? I I think that you know they're um, they 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 both campaigned very very hard, and Nate was on the doors constantly. From what I'm hearing, you know, from from you know how the grassroots and all of that, he was on the doors all the time. And Gene did a lot of mailers, so they campaigned differently. I think. And, you know, Nate was talking about how Gene had been in, in, you know, legislators since the, before he was born. So I don't know if that resonated with voters and they realized, you know, it's time for a change or what. I, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I really am. I expected, um, Senator Davis to do, to do better than this right now. So can we, can, let's pivot back to that kitchen, um, Plum race. That actually sounds like a bakery. I don't. But the kitchen plum race. What? What do you make of that? What? What is? Uh, what is causing the incumbent to have to you know campaign so hard in this reelection? Well, they did that. What was that? Four years ago, the two of them together again. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I think they both have done an amazing job with their campaigns. You know, in both directions, with not only knocking doors, but also you know their uh, media. And all of that as well. What's so di- I think. What's, sorry. what's the difference in their messages between Derek Kitchen and Jennifer Plum? You know, I don't. They're a lot alike. I mean, you know, of course, um, Senator Kitchen is talking about, you know, he's the millennium in it. Um, the under, you know, the um, and the incumbent and, you know, where, where Plum is coming from the more, you know, senior and with her. Uh, being a doctor and things like that too. So they're, I, I think they're both pretty close. Madam Chair, can we pivot to the top of the ticket? I have a question about the U.S. Senate race. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we're nothing if not uncomfortable tonight. So. <laughs> You, you've got the the party at your convention did something that I did not dream would happen. You f- failed to send fa- failed's not the right word, but you chose no. not to send out somebody uh, as a right. nominee for your party in favor of an incump- a, a independent challenge. Mm-hmm. What is your party going to do, uh, guys? I'm going to interrupt for a second. We'll get back to the question, but we want to let you know breaking news on KSL News Radio. The Associated Press has just projected Senator Mike Lee has held off. His his Republican primary challengers, Becky Edwards and Ali Isom. Of course, the votes are still being counted, but he holds an early lead with 58% of the vote. Edwards in second place with 33%, followed by Ali Isom at 8%. Okay, sorry for that interruption, but I think that's perfect timing. That's a good narrative build-up for this question. So what is the Democratic Party going to do? Are you going to spend your hard-earned resources defending and 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 supporting an independent candidate the party at the party level yeah yeah that's no no he's he's an independent he's he's running and you know we will now start 
uh, now that th- this is over, we'll with who you know whoever wins, of course, the kitchen and the plum race and and the Blauen and the Pritcher race. We're pretty sure we're excited to start moving forward with all of our down ballot candidates. Um, and that's where we'll be focusing is all the down ballot candidates. Yeah, and I actually see lots of opportunity. There are a lot of opportunities because of all of the ind- the uh, incumbent challenges that have occurred across. Tell us, are there any state house races that you're excited about this cycle? Um, as far as potential well, pickup pick up opportunities or moving the needle forward. Yes, we're quite a few. We have the, um, you know, the Dunnigan and Wendell race a second time. And she was very, very close the first time. And then we also have Fatima Deary, who basically is really in a whole new district, which is, which is an exciting race as well. And she has an opportunity because she was very, very close. Um, so, you know, there, there are quite a few across our, our state that, um, Davina Smith is another one against uh, Phil Lyman. I think that she is down there just working hard and, um, you know, is, um, I think we have an opportunity to even pick that one up. Thanks so much for joining us. Diane Lewis is the Utah Democratic Party chair. We appreciate you coming on and looking ahead toward November. Again, we just learned moments ago the Associated Press projects Senator Mike Lee has held off Becky Edwards and Ali Isom. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that outcome, but I do think we just heard something significant from the chair of the Democratic Party. They are not planning on using party resources, state party resources, to defend or to take on Mike Lee in the fall. Evan McMullen is going to be on his own. He's on his own. It's a familiar place for him, though. No, no doubt about it. And it doesn't mean that there won't be lots of resources thrown at that race. Representative Kira Berkland, House District 4, uh, very involved in the transgender sports ban. She is leading Raylene Blocker in her race, 56 to 43 percent we're going to talk with boyd matheson who's in washington dc right now get some of his reflections about the results we're hearing tonight stay with us i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in october of 1985 a woman named sheree warren left work at a busy salt lake city office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership she never made it home Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.